0: Welcome to the Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. Mike, how is it going today? It,
1: it's going fantastic. It's summertime here and we so are it is digging amazing. it
0: for sure. Yes. We do have a conference coming up that we need to keep reminding people of October 6th and 7th 2023 in Omaha. Here's what we're saying about it. All things new will be a prophecy conference like no other. (laughs) Instead of fanciful charts and speculation based upon current events all things new will be grounded in the sure and eternal promises of Jesus regarding the new creation. These certain promises will encourage and strengthen you spiritually so that you can face anything and everything that comes your way for the glory of Christ. Man, that
1: sounds like a fantastic conference. I'm going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) We've got great speakers coming. We have Michael Beck coming from 2-H Sojourner, New Zealand. Uh, That'll be great to have him here joining us for the conference. We're also going to have Daryl Hart with us, and then we're going to have the Abendroth brothers. Oh, yeah. Mike and Pat will both be here speaking, so we want to encourage you to get signed up for that conference. I am not my brother's keeper. That's right. So we have... Uh, sign ups available for you so you can get registered and sign up. We've got about 100 or more people already signed up so registrations are happening. We want to encourage you to get signed up. You can go to the pactum.org and find the link there to get registered, signed up. $25 low cost for you. We'd love to see you here in Omaha, Nebraska, yes. October 6th and 7th, 2023.
0: So we should maybe have like a a gambling thing. We should we should wager <laughs> how many people are going to come. So 100 okay. are signed up. 100 are signed up. Um, yeah. Let's see. We'd have some special Pactum content test where people can guess I, I i'm gonna guess we're gonna have 423 okay what's your what's your bet i was, what what, so, what are we betting what are we betting um, we probably shouldn't we, but probably if, shouldn't. we were, <laughs> if, if we if were if we betting, were better i'm yeah. gonna say 423 will be
1: okay i'm gonna go with i was gonna say
0: 457 all right you, you, you heard it here. We're accountable to you, Pactum listeners. And for once, I'm more optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. <laughs> it is right. Well, because it is summertime and we at the Pactum love. Us some summertime. We are doing some summertime specials. Summertime, summertime, some summertime, 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 some summertime, 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 sum, summertime, 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 On today's summertime special, we are rerunning the episode on the trans movement. Yes, we are. Yep. Not the most fun thing to talk about. Not, yeah, no. But it's actually really important. Super important. Yeah, uh, It is important. It's an important episode because the crisis is still raging. Mm. Uh, it is a real problem and social contagion is really yeah, raging. Yeah, for sure. So, hope you enjoy the Episode, Even though it's not a very enjoyable subject matter, but we want you to be informed. And if you've already heard it, we want you to be re-informed, right. re-reminded, uh, because it really is a huge crisis. And we want you to be equipped, informed, knowing what's going on so that you can help other people for the glory of Christ.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Pactum. Enjoy your summer, and enjoy this episode of The Pactum. Hello, and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here with Pat Abendroth today, and we're here for episode 97. Pat, tell us a little bit. About our topic today.
0: This is the story of the American family. Decent, loving, hardworking, and kind, it wants to do the right thing. It finds itself set in a society that increasingly regards parents as obstacles, bigots, and dupes. We cheer as teenage girls with no history of dysphoria, steep themselves in a radical gender ideology, taught in school, or found on the internet. Peers and therapists, and teachers and internet heroes egg these girls on. But here, the cost of so much youthful indiscretion is not a piercing or a tattoo. It's closer to a pound of flesh. No adolescent should pay this high a price for having been, briefly, a follower. Today, we are talking about the transgender craze, seducing our daughters. That's the subtitle from Abigail Schreier's book called Irreversible Damage, which we'll quote now and then on the episode. But we are talking about... Transsexuality, if we are talking about the transgender craze, something important and relevant to everyone, really, right now. Yeah, I think so. Who's called to love their neighbor and understand things. So that's what's on tap for today. It's a heavy topic. It's an important topic. We don't claim to be experts. It's a little bit out of our lane, but we are Christians. We are citizens. We are. Fathers, hopefully someday grandfathers, Uh, and we do care about people. We're also pastors, so we hope to encourage you to help you to become better informed so that you can be in the know and you can appropriately think through matters and show love to those who need love and good, clear biblical direction to those who need good, clear biblical direction.
1: Yeah, so what we want to do is think about what the Bible says about these issues, how we got here, what can be done, maybe some good resources for our listeners as we consider... This topic. But before we get into that, I do want to mention that we have a special announcement here uh, for our Pactumverse listeners. Uh, we are going to be at Westminster Seminary, California in January for their annual faculty conference. And if you're not registered to go to that conference, we would highly encourage you to register, attend that conference. Uh it's January uh the dates are the fourteenth and fifteenth, is that correct?
0: Uh on the thirteenth and fourteenth. Thirteenth so and fourteenth. Friday night me. and a Saturday. Yes,
1: January thirteenth and fourteenth. That's a Friday, Saturday. Great conference, a great lineup of speakers. We'd encourage you to attend that. But as a bonus for you <laughs> Pat, Tim, first yes. listeners, we're also gonna be on the campus and we're gonna be doing a live discussion with NoCo and Theocast together. Uh, discussing getting the gospel right, so talking about some issues that are really the issues that make our hearts beat or what makes us tick uh, you might say as ministries
0: things that are in our lanes, lane yes, things, things we share are in, in common so that's going to yeah. be at 5 p.m. January yes. 13th so Friday the 13th Friday the 13th right? what's not to love it'll be awesome and so that's what's going to happen there the conference starts at 7 p.m. our thing is going to be at 5 p.m. so all of the podcasts together roundtable will record it as an episode of the pactum probably yeah. the other shows are recorded as well for sure them. yeah but we'll have a great time I think we'll have a room filled with people. So if you want to sit in and hang out, it's going to be a fun weekend. And you know what? January, San Diego County. It's all right. <laughs>
1: it's better than Omaha. It's January. all right.
0: Absolutely. One of my favorite places to be on that sure. campus, San Diego San Diego County.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. So on our topic today, the transgender craze, as we're talking about these issues, just a few things to help us work through the topic. Uh, first, we want to begin with the Bible, what does the Bible have to say about this topic?
0: Yep, about sexuality, gender-related issues. I realize some people are going to say that those are different. Maybe we'll talk more about that later. But Jesus is where we want to start, because Jesus, we believe, has ultimate authority. Uh, If Jesus hadn't said certain things, and if he hadn't been raised from the dead, we wouldn't believe Jesus. Mm. Uh, he would just be some kind of crazy, yeah. lunatic religious leader, but right. he made bold claims, and he backed them up with his actions. Most specifically, he was raised from the dead as he said he would be. Mm. So Jesus is the all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful one, and so we believe whatever he says about anything he talks about. Right. Yeah. So let's start there, where Jesus does say, as recorded in Matthew, 19. Jesus says he who created them from the beginning made them male and female. So it doesn't get much clearer than that. You'd have to do some kind of weird uh, gymnastics to make that mean something other than it says. Sure, yeah. So there's Jesus affirming how it's been since the beginning and he goes on to say therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So Mm. we have Male and female, that's the way God created the human race. There are males, there are females, designed to go together is how that works out. In fact, he, Jesus even goes on to say that God has joined them together. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus affirms uh, marriage between a man and a woman. That's how it was from the beginning. And it's also noteworthy that Jesus, even though the fall happens, even though af- sin has happened— Still, in Matthew 19, he's saying, this is still how it is. Right, yeah. It's still a male, it's still a female, and they're the two that are to be joined together as far as marriage is concerned. Yes, yeah. So, Jesus knows more than anyone else. He is the legitimate authority. He knows best. And we would reject his words you know, to our own peril, which would be foolishness. So there are males, there are females. Um, That's how it goes. I guess in one sense that would settle it. Uh, But we want to remind you all that we believe the things that we believe and we're all in uh, all of our eggs in one basket, if you will, because Jesus is the one and only one who conquered sin and death. He's worthy of our trust. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. maybe we would build on that and say he also had apostles. So in the Bible, where you have someone who is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means they speak with his authority. Mm-hmm. So we would look at other passages. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, written by the apostle Paul. Well, if he's an apostle of Jesus... Uh, we would say it's red letter. Yes, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right. Whatever he says, it's equal to the words of Jesus because he's an apostle of the Lord Jesus. So let's, let's remember folks, let's remember listeners to always start with what the Bible says. And we're going to start with what Jesus says. What do I believe about human sexuality? A man, a woman, marriage is sex is good, but it's designed for marriage and it's between a man and a woman. Mm. Um, and you get zero sense that somehow it's to change yeah. uh, from, from something else. That's how God made people. And we wouldn't want to say, well, but but you didn't know what you were doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start there. And then let's also talk about the, ma- the whole matter of when we're talking about what the Bible has to say, we should—this is important—we should also say, but there is sin. Right. Yeah. Right? We have a fall. We have a fall. And there are the effects of sin. Right. So don't forget that there are effects that come. For example, we have physical, mental, emotional, relational effects of the fall, and they are real. They can be devastating. They can be confusing. They can be frustrating. They can be hurtful. So this is not utopia. This isn't perfect, contrary to Marxism. (laughs) Um, So perfect happiness – how about this? Perfect happiness will not be found in this world (laughs) And so when people don't feel perfect about themselves sexually, sure. well, yeah. that's because you're part of the human race and uh, we, we're all broken in different ways in different forms. Uh, and so until glorification, uh, we're always going to feel not quite at home, whether hmm. it's in right. our, our own skin, our own bodies, somehow sexually or with other things. We have different you know, struggles because we're different kinds of people. But we have to we're, – we're waiting for the new Jerusalem. We're yep. waiting for, him, for for the Jews, Jerusalem from above. We're waiting for glorification. Remember, perfect happiness cannot be found in this world according to a biblical perspective, which is a reasonable perspective, which is the perspective of Jesus once again. And he knows what he's talking about. Right. He does. Right?
1: Yes. Yeah. and I- as we're talking about this topic, you know, some people may say, "What? what's really to talk about? You know, it's very simple, isn't it? It's cut and dry for us as Christians. But I think as we're starting with what does the Bible say, what does Jesus say about this, and yes. even just talking about the effects of the fall, it's important just to have categories and to be reminded of these things as you're approaching the topic and as you're talking about it before you just get bogged down in all the crazy stuff that's around you to keep keep. Simple, right? And understand what is it that the Bible says, male, female, and then we, yes, have the fall and how that affects everyone in different ways, and these categories help us work our way through it.
0: Because sometimes Christians almost pretend as if everything is perfect now and there was no fall. yeah.
1: Right. Well, this is what the Bible says. It's all great. It's all good. I'm going to bury my head in the sand, and it's all good.
0: Yeah. Yep. And as if we ourselves don't have any struggles, and if we're right. honest, we do. Yes. And yeah. And other people have struggles as well. Maybe they're different kinds. Yeah. And But, but the point here is we do have an answer. I, I, I want to say, you know what? You're, you're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to be fully satisfied, right. except in Christ. Yeah. And we anticipate glorification when there's nothing wrong anymore. But, in the here and now, there are things that are going to be wrong. it doesn 't mean we embrace it and say, yeah. well, I, I can do whatever, therefore, um, but let 's acknowledge that there are maladies let 's sure. acknowledge that there are struggles and difficulties. yeah so I brought up the Marxism thing because it 's so popular these days, and so people want to you know promise us a utopia, and if things aren 't perfect, then they 're not right mm, yeah and that 's um, not helpful, that's not Christian, that's not biblical, and whether we know it or not, that's a Marxist kind of ideology and philosophy. Hmm. It's good to be aware of that. Yeah.
1: So... How do we get here? I think is maybe a question that's helpful as we're thinking through the topic.
0: How did we get here where now we ask questions like this from the local uh, medical center? What is the difference between sex and gender, right? And so now they have to talk about gender is socially constructed and it's not based upon reality. It's based upon however you feel or how how did we get to the place where we're asking these kinds of questions, Mike, when we weren't asking them five (laughs) minutes ago, five minutes ago, we were not asking this today. How, Oh, how did we get to the place where I don't know if someone supposedly I don't know if someone is a, f- a woman unless I unless I know her pronouns
1: Yeah, right. You can't
0: know that. Uh, this this is an interesting place to be. It so is. quickly, yeah, I yeah. guess I'm using I'm trying to use caution in sure. the words I'm using. Yes. How in the world did we get here? Well, I think the answer to that is not from one source right this is a this is a cocktail hmm. uh with different yeah. different things involved or if we want to talk about different streams coming in to, to flow into this river of confusion and we have a list here of things that might help you understand how we got to the place where we have gotten these days things that we're talking about today that my oh not just grandparents uh, my my parents who uh, were around you know not very long ago, sure, yeah. would have thought, what in the world are you even talking about? Yeah, yeah, And I think we need to start with the fact that we have abandoned God, and mm-hmm. God has abandoned us. Yeah. Uh, and I say that not to be smart-mouthy uh, or to be snarky, yeah, yeah. but in light of Romans, Romans chapter 1, yeah. In light of Romans chapter 1, the reason we have all of the sexual confusion and sexual irrationality and perversity, according to the logic of Romans 1, we have what we have now because God has given us over. Hmm. Uh, So if you read Romans 1 carefully, uh, the sexual um, deviancy from a biblical perspective doesn't merit the judgment of God, though it brings it. Uh, There's something... There's a thing behind the thing, as sure. we like yeah. to say sometimes. Yeah. And so God talks about how if you, uh, if you have speculative thinking about God and you have your own fanciful musings about God, like, well, my God would never do that. Hmm. To me, yeah. God yeah. is this. And God doesn't like that. Um, and so what God does is as a result, he gives people over to their foolishness and it shows itself. How about this? It shows itself in things like sexual irrationality, sexual perversity. Mm, yeah. And that also merits God's judgment. Yeah. But we right. have to realize we're probably in the place where we are uh, in light of Romans 1, in part because of bad, bad theology. Yeah. Yeah. Bad theology, who God is. Some of it is even, I'd say, pulpits are to blame. You know? Sure. Even, even yeah. pastors say, well, God would never do this, and my God this, and my God that, and to me, God is this. Well, it's as if, to paraphrase the idea of Romans 1, oh, do you do you really want to see what that looks like yeah right. I'll show you what your world is like when your God is your God right yeah as opposed to the one true and living God as he as he revealed himself
1: yeah so in an effort to even just have a comfortable life the way you want it people are usurping usurping God and his authority trying to put themselves in that place and denying who he actually is yes and here we are
0: yep Hmm. So maybe moving beyond that, but that I think is super enlightening, um, but maybe moving beyond that, there are other factors, there are other streams that lead into this river of kind of uh, irrationality and perversity, and we should probably talk about technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also have things that have come about that couldn't have been in the past uh, if techno- if technology weren't what it is today. Uh, and for example, by technology i don 't just mean computer kind of stuff, sure, yeah, uh, but also just in the medical field, oh good,
1: yeah, medical advances, yeah yeah,
0: good things that have happened, but they can also be used for bad things, right, so today we have people having sex changes that you know not very long ago they wouldn 't have been able to have right, yeah, uh, and they still are um not beautiful and lovely they 're mm-hmm. rather grotesque if we 're honest, yeah, uh, maybe they won 't be someday. If they keep um, making advances, uh, but th- you can have things done to yourself. Uh, one can have things done to themselves uh, in a way that wouldn't have been possible just not very long ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or even the medical, the, the drugs that are used and yep. puberty blockers and uh, things like that. Well, not very long ago, we didn't have uh, those things accessible to us. So technology has led us down this road. Sure. Yeah. Also, social media is part of technology. Oh, for sure. And we're going to get into that a little bit more, I think, but social media is a big part of this whole thing and why we are where we were, uh, why we are where we are um, today. It has to do with social media and the peer pressure. There's something called social contagion. Uh, where we mimic the behavior of others, mm, so yeah, peer, right. peer, peer pressure. Now all of a sudden, because of TikTok videos or because of YouTube celebrities, and now I have a whole online community of people around the world. It was tiny, maybe before I couldn't find anyone else like me, but now I can find people. Yeah, yep. That's definitely fueling this whole fire. Fueling this whole fire. Yeah, uh, as well. Then we start talking about different philosophies, like of the past, things that would talk about uh, the priority of inner feelings. So, whether it's Rousseau or Marx or Nietzsche or Freud or Reich, uh, you know, romanticism, the philosophy mm-hmm. of romanticism, yeah. and we're not talking about watching a good romantic movie <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> together, um, but romanticism would say, you know, if it feels good, it's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever comes natural, uh, apart from the shackles of religion and tradition, if you can just go back to nature and follow your heart, everything will be fine. These philosophies have been promoted in the past and they all seem to be coming together rather awfully
1: hmm, Yeah.
0: today. I would commend and will recommend at the end of the episode Carl Truman's book called Strange New World. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good partner to the book by Abigail Schreier because it talks more about the philosophical side of things. How did we get to the place where we are now? Yeah. yeah. And if and if you don't want to read that book, we'll link to some lectures that Carl Truman has done talking about this very same thing. Sure. Yeah. Then we start talking about the woke ideology and the whole woke movement going on, which yep. is Marxist. You've got the oppressed and you've got the oppressor and everyone is either one or the other and it's therefore it's anti-family right. yep. and therefore it's by nature divisive, by nature destructive because that's how Marxism works. Well, this is one way to undermine the family yep. uh, and to bring division in the world. It's a way to create destruction yep. uh, as opposed to creation. So that's happening. Then we start talking about money. I mean, money there's money, so money. many... Yeah different po- por- potions, potions in the cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Ingredients in the cocktail. Yeah, so right. How, how about profits? Oh, yeah. I think you just There's said some... to me earlier the whole 2007 versus today yeah. gen- gender clinic. Thing. Yeah, what was it used that? to
1: be, I mean, back in uh, 2007, there was one... Gender clinic. I just saw a graphic uh, scroll across my Twitter feed earlier today where uh, in 2007, there was one gender clinic. And then now today, there's over 300 of these gender clinics. And you see, it's everywhere. I mean, even here in Omaha Omaha Nebraska. I just yeah. looked it up from the yeah. medical center UNMC. here in
0: town and it says that you know so and so doctor so and so serves both adolescents and adults. Yeah. Yeah. in their gender clinic. Yeah, and, so it's everywhere. And it's big business. Oh, sure. It's yeah. a it's a cash cow. Yeah. So where there's money involved and then we could also talk about politics. That's yeah. that's part of the cocktail. Yeah. Politicians like to be elected and they like to be reelected. They like power. They like to win your vote. They like the money involved and they will stop at absolutely nothing. We've seen it. We've seen politicians have one position and then it's not popular anymore. So they say the exact opposite. Mm. Uh, Why? Because they want to be reelected. So I suppose our list could go on. Sure. That's just a sampling of some of the things involved that have brought us to the place where we are now. It's really hard to say. It's one. It seems to be all of them and a mixture of them. But it's 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 crazy. It is. You're not in Kansas anymore. You're not. No. Even if you're in Kansas. Even if you're in Kansas. And we do have listeners in in Kansas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of things at play here. There's a lot of things that have come together and just caused these kinds of issues to arise for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the question that comes from that is, you know, we talk about all these things that are playing a part, all these things that we have going on around us and culture and the world we live in and the time we're in, what what do we do? What what can a Christian do? What can Christians do? How do we think about this? Can anything be done? Right. As we think about the issue, as we address the issue. I
0: think we should respond to the multiple streams with multiple streams. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> okay? okay. Maybe
0: not one for one, not but for one to, for one. For yeah. some, with some counterpoints. Sure, yeah. So I want to start by saying what I think... The pactum verse would expect, and that is we want to understand and teach a biblical view of self. Right, yes. So, so starting in our own homes, with our churches, with our friends, in our families, with our children, if we have children, to one another. Sure. What does the Bible teach about self? Yep. And I think a lot of Christians maybe don't know or they've forgotten, uh, and we say, well, let's remember we are made in the image of God. Right, yeah. And let's learn what that even means. Yeah, And right. so sometimes I hear people talk, and it's as if they don't know what that actually even means, so we have to unpack that. We are image bearers. That means we are to be creative because he's a creating God. Sure. We're to have dominion over. Uh, we're Created beings, therefore, there's a creator who we are obligated right. to obey. Yep. We're made to obey him. So we're to love God, therefore, we're to love our neighbor, who our neighbor would be an image bearer. So we have responsibility toward our neighbors. So there's so many things involved. We have to also remember things like, well, the fall happened, but the image is still there. Right. We're yep. not hyper Calvinists or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and also, when it comes to self, okay, image of God, that's important. Also, how about Yes, image of God, but there has been a, there has been sin, the effects of sin we've talked about that already on the episode. Yeah. can we therefore explain to people how sin has affected us,, yeah. and we should be able to do that also, I think we need a better biblical eschatology uh, or maybe not a better biblical eschatology, but I think our view of the 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 future, our view of heaven, our view of a perfectly fulfilled life in glory needs to be brought to bear. Hmm, Yeah, because as we've mentioned already, this whole utopia kind of idea. Sure. Yeah. uh, yeah. Well, people people today, our our culture, even though they don't know, they have an eschatology. Yeah. yeah, They do. They do. Yeah. This is your best life now. Yep, uh, Yep. So their favorite preacher should be the guy who says that. Yes. Yeah. And but but again if this is real practical. If I'm not feeling perfect in my own life, in a myriad of different ways, sexually included, sexuality included, well, then somehow something's terribly wrong. Yeah. And I need to take radical measures to get it fixed. Sure, yeah. Well, no, a biblical eschatology is going to say you can have joy in this life and you can have a lot of wonderful things in this life and within reason. Right, uh, yeah. But in reality, you're anticipating the time when you see Christ and are made like him. Right. And until that happens, you will never, ever, ever, ever be perfectly fulfilled, even if you have radical surgeries. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that can bring that joy, that satisfaction, that fulfillment.
0: Right. And people are promised that it's going to bring it, but in fact, it doesn't bring it. Right.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So that's,
0: that's one part of it. Maybe we should talk about another one. And that would be, we need to understand and teach a biblical view of sexuality Mm. and and sex. And what does it mean to be a sexual being? Yeah. Uh, what does it not be mean to be a sexual being? What does what did Jesus say? Yeah. He knows best. There's male and there's female, and when it comes to gender, there's actually two genders, um, and they are solidified. We can talk about how sex is good. Sex apart from uh, sex is part of what makes us human, but it's not the only thing that makes us human. Mm. Yeah. So. That would be another thing that we could do. Uh, How about let's catechize our children because the world is catechizing them? Yeah, yeah,
1: it is. (laughs) Right? Yeah, every day they're being catechized.
0: Repetition is fine. Repetition is good. Uh, How about this for moms and dads? How about this for parents? It would be good if we modeled what I'm going to call human thriving. Hmm. So you're trying to help your children, maybe your grandchildren, maybe your nieces and nephews, maybe your neighbors. Uh, You're trying to see them how to live a life that would honor Christ and be best for them. Uh, If I want to be kind of provocative and rhetorical, I want to ask you, why aren't you living a life of thriving that Mm. honors God In, in different ways? Yeah, right. So I think, you know, in the long haul, I want my kids to see, okay, dad wasn't perfect. Mom wasn't perfect. We didn't have a perfect family. But you know what? They're happy. Yeah. And uh, they treated each other with loving kindness and generosity. And even though they suffered, even though they weren't perfectly comfortable in all the scenarios in their own skin, uh, in the long run, they're a lot happier than other people. Sure. Who didn't honor God. Yeah. We would also say beware of the experts. Experts Experts. like. experts. What kind of experts do we need to be aware of if we're going to do this, Mike?
1: Uh, You need to be aware of experts like maybe therapists counselors, teachers, pediatricians. I I think... Wow. yeah, That's a big thing to say. It is. And I think we're trying to say beware of these experts because just because they have some maybe letters behind their name Mm -hmm. or just because they are a, quote, expert in their field doesn't always make them right, particularly even as we're thinking biblically about these issues.
0: It doesn't mean we're anti-counselor. It doesn't mean we're anti-teacher or anti-pediatrician. We we are very thankful for people who serve us and give us uh, good help. Yes. But as Schreier points out, this is in her book, page 220. I should add a footnote. Schreier, I I have no reason to believe she's a Christian. She might be one. Yeah. But some of her ethics that she uh, promotes uh, are definitely not Christian ethics. Sure. Uh, But we think she's right on this. Sure. So I don't think we've ever really promoted a non-Christian book before, but a lot of this is just common sense. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're promoting it. Uh, And so here we go. She says this, all the institutions we've built to keep young people from making irreparable mistakes have failed them. Hmm. That's a pretty big uh, declaration. She goes on to say the universities, the schools, the doctors, the therapists, and even the churches have been won over by a dogged ideology that claims to speak for a more important class of victim hmm. based upon the book and reading the book um, and the data that she offers um, as a journalist I think she 's right hmm. and so here the these are the people that we we used to trust to to do what 's best for our children, sure and best for families and not to throw them all under the bus, but a lot of them have actually betrayed that trust and they've not, they're have they no longer protecting the children. Uh, they're more like life coaches and yeah. they say, mm-hmm. well, whatever you want to do, we're going to help you do it yeah. uh, the best you can do it, which is not helpful. Yeah. That's what she means, I think, by betrayal. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yep.
0: So we want to be informed. That's that's a way to respond to all of sure. this. Yeah. What should we yeah. do about it? Let's be informed. Let's read books like Schreier's book. Uh, let's listen. Let's read books like Truman's book. Let's listen to good lectures. Uh, let's hear what's going on and have our eyes wide open. She offers seven points in her book uh, at the end of her book. As far as counsel, maybe I'll read them just to give people a flavor for what she's saying because she's saying so much of what's being promoted is uh, not helpful, but it's more like propaganda. Hmm. So she says, yeah, this is after saying school districts, teachers, and even, even other parents are right now sowing gender confusion. She doesn't think you need to be a psychologist to respond. She thinks you need to be informed. So hmm. she, here's her seven. Mike, if you, if you want to chime in and yeah. uh, make wise, sage, Christian <laughs> comments, you, you're welcome to do that. So her, her number one is don't get your kid a smartphone.
1: Oh man!
0: All of my kids have if smartphones. I, you know, how
1: about that? Yes. Yep. How but, about that? <laughs> uh, and so, if your kids have a smartphone, there are ways to manage that. Maybe. Okay. You know, and
0: mm. she and she acknowledges. You know what? She says right away. Parents will balk. Right. Yeah. Parents will groan.
1: Yet, I would say there are there are people that are out there even just advocating parents. If you're if they do have smartphones, there are places the kids are seeing this kind of just. Propaganda, mm-hmm. if you will, being promoted that you have no idea. It's everywhere. If your kid has an account on some kind of service, trust me, they're they're potentially running across this stuff and it's being promoted. I mean, everything from obviously TikTok type stuff, but all the way to Spotify. No mm-hmm. joke. So it's something to be aware of.
0: Yep. I mean, I, I, I take the point, and most of my kids are older now, so yeah, it's right. maybe too late for <laughs> me to use this advice. Sure. But she says, here we are, the statistical explosion of bullying, cutting, anorexia, depression, and the rise of sudden transgender identification is owed to the self-harm, instruction, manipulation, abuse, and relentless harassment supplied by a single smartphone. Yep.
1: You better believe it.
0: So I I, I think... And, and the whole thing is she's, she's going to say later, go to radical extremes. That would be radical. Mm-hmm. So I can come up with a lot of reasons to get a smartphone yes. for my kids. Yeah. She's saying, remember, this could be the worst heartache ever. Sure. And yes. it could be irreversible. Right. Yeah. So number two on her list is don't relinquish your authority as the parent. Mm. Ah, that one made me smart. Yes. The, authority <laughs> <of> the parent. <laughs> right. If parents acted like parents and said yeah. things like no, sometimes, um, which, uh, We don't want to be mean to our kids. We want to love our kids. Um, But it would go a long way if we are the authority. I have had my kids tell me big, big news, not this particular news, but big, big news and, you know, in a loving, nice way through tears sometimes because it's been such a big deal. I've said, you know what? That's not how it's going to be. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. And they've responded positively. So, yeah. Schreier says teenagers are supposed to get angry and emotional. (laughs) Now, again, maybe that's not maybe that's not a Christian worldview. Right. But she's acknowledging this. I think let's read it in the best light. Remember, uh, parents, they're growing up and they're they're experimenting with being adults. Yeah. With being in charge. Yeah. I have to remember this with teenage kids that they're, they're adults. They're becoming biologically adults. And so, you know what? They want to be in charge. And I actually want them to be so in charge that they move out (laughs) (laughs) at least in time. Yeah. So teenagers are supposed to be, to get angry and emotional. She says, next sentence, parents are supposed to set limits.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
0: right. So she talks about guardrails. Uh, how about this regarding daughters? And her focus is on daughters in this book. Some of her need for individualism and rebellion may be satisfied, hmm. like with this argument sure. with you as a parent. Sure, If you eliminate all conflict through endless agreement and support, it may only encourage her to kick things up a notch. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. I just, yeah. Right? Testing the boundaries. Yeah.
0: Just seeing if these guardrails are here, and you learn to say no. Yeah. Learn to say that's not going to work out. No, yeah. we're not going to do that. And maybe that brings a certain sense of satisfaction. Yeah. She's suggesting, and I'm intrigued by her yeah, philosophy.
1: But yeah, right, yeah, that's super interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we probably should hurry this along. Number three on Abigail Schreier's list: Don't support gender ideology in your ch- child's education. Yeah. So she makes a rather interesting point about things that schools do with school oh, yeah. assemblies. Oh, for sure. So offer a school assembly on one teen, one teen suicide and you will raise awareness, possibly at the cost of more suicide. Right. Yeah. Drawing attention to it. The same goes for depression and cutting and now trans identification. Yep. That yeah. I, I would like teachers and school administrators to read this book and think about these things. Sure. Yeah. Is it really the way to go, or is there are there other ways to handle the crisis in a thoughtful and good kind of way? Right. Yeah. Number four: reintroduce privacy into the home. Hmm. Yeah. And she goes on to say, you know, do we have to post everything online? Yeah. So does everything have to go online? That's a significant event. And her argument, I think, is so then when perhaps one of your children, you know, makes some decision that wasn't a very good decision, but they posted online, it's more real. Yeah. And it's harder to retract it and undo it. So, if you get in the habit of not posting everything that ever happens, maybe some things that happen in the privacy of your own home are more easily undone. Mm, yeah, yeah. I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Let's see. Oh, number five, consider big steps to separate your daughter from harm. And she talks about families that have moved to different cities. Mm, mm-hmm whatever it takes yeah whatever it takes yeah. to get, protect your to, kids to get them away from their peer group to get them away from their school to get them away from their friends teachers whatever it may be um, so uh, uh, radical extremes yeah yep because we're trying to safeguard them from things that will last their their that irreversibly in this life sure yeah so uh number 6 and then 7 number 6 stop patho i can't say the word stop pathologizing girlhood hmm And she talks about how it's good to be a girl. And don't forget that it's good to be a girl. Yeah. And she says, we need to stop regarding men as the measure of all things. The language they use, the kind of careers they pursue, the apparent selfishness of which uh, we were so endlessly envious. We blame men for this obsession, but really it's our doing. Hmm. So sometimes, you know, we don't like the the emotional swings that happen when a girl is maturing in her teenage years and ups and downs. And uh, maybe she says we can't fault parents maybe for wanting to put them on medication. Mm. Not that it's always wrong. She even says, but you know what? It might be nice to just have them become Sleeping Beauty mm. until it's all over, right? Yeah. And then we have the civilized, level-headed, you know, mature right. adult. Right. And she said, you know what? That's not true. Yeah. Right. May, maybe even enjoy some of the fact that girls are different. Yeah. Celebrate the fact that girls are different um, and don't try to make boys be the ideal. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Mike, you're being much too agreeable.
1: Well, I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike who only has daughters. (laughs) I
1: only have (laughs) daughters. Yeah, I do.
0: Maybe you could have your own list of seven things Uh, here when they're all grown up. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. finally number seven from abigail schreier we're not taking these as gospel truth we're taking these as maybe some decent advice from someone who did a lot of research number seven don't be afraid to admit it's wonderful to be a girl i suppose we've already covered that with number six celebrate the whole thing um even talk to your your daughters about how giving birth to children is perhaps a life's greatest blessing to make a new life if you will um that it's a unique capacity that no one else has. It so don't mm-hmm. let that be taken away from you yeah, by sure. the the doctors who will let you do supposedly whatever you want to do, which is going to lead to something terrible and bad. Yeah. Hmm. Well, enough enough of that from her. I would suppose. Um, I I it just dawned on me one thing that we need to remember too in all of this, and I don't think it's in our show notes or script. And that would be we have to remember that people who do these things and they are. Oh, preyed upon by people who supposedly are well-meaning, but I actually don't think are. Uh, We have to remember that there will be people who make some of these radical choices uh, that come to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And and come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we have to give them the promise of eternal life and we have to give them the promise as well of, of a glorified body one day.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: And so I don't look forward to people being severely harmed by the establishment. I don't look forward to that at all, but I do look forward to the fact that there is hope in Christ for all different kinds of people. Yes, yeah. And we will be able to offer that, no doubt, and we will see it happen.
1: Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing to think about.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess maybe one more thing from Schreier before we move on, because she addresses the objection, and oftentimes, and I've heard this, you've heard this as well, yeah. people say if you don't allow uh, a young person to undergo this radical surgery and take these drugs that will be radical in their life, if we don't allow that, it's going to lead to them committing suicide. Mm. And what an awful thing to consider, uh, the, the child that you love so much, uh, taking their own life. Uh, it's tragic when it does happen. Suicide rates are on the increase. Uh, and so we might say, you know what, I guess I'm willing to have them do anything if it means sparing their life. And that is, it resonates with me at a certain level. Uh, Schreier points out that there's absolutely no evidence at this point in time that it will help. Mm. Um, and so, what we don't want to do is buy into an argument that's unsubstantiated. Um, when in fact we might, what we may end up finding is it may actually uh, lead to the increased likelihood. Hmm. So I'm not saying that it does, but sure, we better yeah. be very cautious uh, because it's an emotional and a manipulative kind of argument. And as of the time of her writing the book, at least uh, there was no. Uh, factual, objective evidence that it's going to do any good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How about some good resources, Mike? What do we got on our list some here? Some good
1: resources. We already obviously mentioned the book by Carl Truman, uh, and then we'll link to that and some lectures of his as well that we will link to on our show notes. We've got the uh, the book, by Abigail Schreier that we would link to as well, and maybe a lecture from her as well that might be encouraging to you something to edify you and yeah, yeah. give you things to think about. But also want to draw attention uh, to the New Reformation catechism, catechism on Human Sexuality by Chris Gordon. Yep. Uh, we do have an, an episode you did with him uh, out in Escondido. Uh, great resource, catechism, uh, even for families to go through with... So- their children. Absolutely. And to uh, catechize them on these very matters. You can pick up a copy of that from Heritage Books. We'll link to that as well.
0: Okay. And, and I want to make a comment or two about the Truman lectures. They're yeah. given at uh, the Sacramento Gospel Conference. Uh, my friend Steve Meister, he's part of the Pactum Verse. Yeah. That was at the church where he's a pastor. And those lectures are excellent. So we'll link to those. Uh, and then also the Abigail Schreier lecture, because not everyone wants to pick up this book and read it. Sure. Yep. Uh, and I understand that, but uh, how about this? I would plead with you, uh, dear listener. Um, I would plead with you to at a minimum, listen to the lecture that she gave at Hillsdale college, because at least within an hour or so you get the yep. gist of things yep. yep. and it's really well done. She's an interesting speaker. There's really good Q and a at the end. And I think at a minimum, you should listen to that and you might say, well, I don't know anyone involved in this and it's not really something on my radar. How about this? It should be on your radar. Yeah,
1: you, I would agree with that.
0: You need to be well informed uh, just because you want to be a good Christian and you want to yeah. be a good neighbor. A good neighbor, yeah. I and think that's to be informed important. of things. So listen to that. We'll link to it. I think you'll find it rather rather helpful. You'll find it rather disturbing as well. My wife and I just listened to it the other night. I've listened to it several times. Hmm.
1: Well, thanks for joining us here on The Pactum today for a different kind of episode from us. You can find us online on Twitter, on Instagram. You can be emailing us, connect at thepactum.org. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on The Pactum.